Good morning and welcome to the staff lounge. Ugh. This is going to be a short one because, dude, we're running with zero coffee. No coffee yet. <gasps> You're lucky we're here at all. <laughs> you might hear our brains clacking together and like crunching sounds. That would be us functioning with zero coffee. Yeah, because we're getting coffee after today. Why is that? Because we're going shopping. shopping. Yeah. Yeah, my birthday's coming up. On Tuesday. On Tuesday, Marcy got me some excellent fabrics, and I need to go get more. Well, pfft. It's kind of like, I feel like when people are hooked on, like, crack or cocaine, <laughs> and they get, you know, they call it, like, you get a taste, and then you need more, and that's how I am with fabric. You gave me a big taste this morning. Girl, I snuck into the fabric store yesterday, <laughs> and I was, like, totally panicked that you were going to show up. And see me there, not because I was shopping for you, but just because I felt so guilty doing it without you. Well, you saw my text last night. You shopped without me? Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't really answer. I know. I ignored you because I, I can't lie to you. But anyway, I need to get my fix. We're going to go get a fix of both coffee and fabric shopping. So, um, welcome back to the Staff Lounge. We are talking about the ABCs of education, and we're all the way at J. Yeah, and I have some... Uh, She's got some things to start I got some with. fun J things to talk about first. Let's do it. Um, What's your favorite juice? Does wine count? Sure. Uh, it's grape juice, right? Yeah, right? Wine Without count? the sugar? Yeah. Or Why maybe not? it does have sugar. No, I, I think know. it has sugar. Okay. Uh, my favorite juice is probably Pog. Oh, Passion yeah. fruit, orange grapefruit. Yeah, but when you have pug, you have to put rum in it. Uh, yes, that's true. Or <laughs> vodka. So and were these our favorite alcoholic J drinks? We tend to go to alcoholic. Hmm. Um, the ice cream shop in town has pog sorbet right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What's What ice cream place? Wild Scoops. I've never been there. Oh, my gosh. Once you can have dairy again this summer, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite junk food? We've already established that. It's fruit snacks. Wow. Does that count as junk food? I don't know food? if I'd call that a junk food. I mean, right now it's pretty much a staple of my day, other than chicken and vegetables. Because it isn't really, I mean, junk food doesn't mean it has to be a dessert, right? Right. I really, like, if I'm just going to eat something, like, bad for me, but that's not a d dessert, I might have, like, a whole bunch of either chips and queso mm. or, like, pretzel and queso. You know, like a soft pretzel. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I know I'm making you hungry. With oozy, goozy butter on top. Yeah, and salt. Lots I like of the salt. salt for sure. Good thing I can't. Oh, I can't. Guys, I'm on a really icky diet, and it's not because I want to. It's the doctor told me I had to for my eating, for my tummy. Yeah, for te for a test. Like, not... it's for legit. It's for yeah. an allergy test. I have to get rid of all these things, and they're all the good things. Yeah, they are. Anyway. I'm sorry. Um... Another food. What's no, your sorry? Last food. What's your favorite jelly? Um, strawberry. Ooh, I'm also a strawberry fan. High five. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, and now we have a different kind of jam. What's your favorite like music to jam out to? Well, so traditionally, old school, I'm a Metallica freak. I love old school Metallica. But recently, total BTS fan. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, like, they made billions of dollars last year and the year before. And they're positive. Their songs are all about, you know, thinking about helping others and being kind. And there's nothing negative about them. Um, they're 
it's a K-pop. It's Korean. They're pop, a pop band. Yeah. They're super popular. I know you've seen them. Anyways, they're my babies. So I thought more of like a specific song. And lately when I need like a pick me up or like I'm feeling like I'm moving too slow, I play this random song that I saw in the, um, the Harley Quinn movie. It was called Birds of Prey. And they, when she was like kicking ass on roller skates in the jail, she, uh, they were playing this song called um, Black Betty while she did it. Uh-huh. And I am like, that's my song right now. Like, You're I, just a big Black Betty. I play it all the time on my really? phone. Yep. When we're on our way to get coffee, we'll have to play okay, it. Okay, I can okay. totally play that okay. for you. And then um, our last one, another song. What is your favorite jump rope song, which I know is very random? <sighs> Cinderella dressed in yellow yeah. went upstairs to kiss her fella. That's a good one. That's the first one that came to my mind. So I also thought of that, and then I thought, no, I have another one, and okay. it was Miss Susie has a steamboat. So, you know, Miss Susie has a steamboat. The steamboat has a bell, and it goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She went to heaven in the, and went it went to, to hell low operator. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. I liked it when I was a kid because it was kind of like you were being a bad it was, guy. It was like you were being were... a little risque, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you were a bad person. Like, you were getting ready to swear, and then you didn't. Yeah, uh-huh. psych. <laughs> psych. That, that gives a lot of insight to us. So, let's just move into our alphabet. Our J's. Um, the first one I want to talk about, and I know this seems like us being bad guys, but legitimately, jail. Yeah. Um, years ago, there was a class, and it was so popular. It was like, there was part one, and there was part two, and there was part three, and it was all about visiting the jail, how do you communicate with families in jail, how do you work with kids of incar- with incarcerated parents, and you would, as teachers, take a field trip to Seward Mm -hmm. to go to the jail. And, you know, what is it like having your parent in jail and you have to go for a visit? Like, how does it emotionally affect you? And I'm going to tell you, I don't know why that doesn't still happen. Right. It was a very effective course. Amazing. I never took it. I didn't get to take it either, but I know people who did. Yeah. Um, One other thing about that is when you're going to school to be a teacher, like you're really... You're really just thinking about like, oh, I'm going to teach history. I love history and science and I reading math. and math. And those things actually aren't the biggest part of our job anymore. Like now I'm hoping that they're at least covering things like trauma and yeah. SEL. But like I didn't have any of that in my college prep. Um, but having kids who have incarcerated parents or that are going through that process any kind of trauma that could result in police coming to the house, it really affects kids and their parents and how you need to interact with them. Yep. I mean, just down to the point of you sent an email and you put the dad on the email and didn't know that you weren't supposed to because something happened two nights ago and nobody told you. Yeah. And it turns into a big thing. Yeah. You know, um, and then helping the kids go through this, it's, it's, Way more than just teaching, reading, writing, and math. A hundred percent. Not only that, but um, you have to understand, you have to kind of understand the law. Like, not even just education law, but like civil court, family court stuff. Because um, a mom who has sole legal and physical custody of of her kids, (laughs) you do not communicate with the father. And, however, the father could be a 
the guy who picks them up on Fridays. And so there can be some very uncomfortable discussions and things that have to be addressed just so you don't like send a kid with someone they're not legally supposed to go to. Like that's a liability to you. Well, and also kind of along that same vein, like maybe the kid is in foster care and the parents aren't allowed to come pick him up. Yep. But those parents still have educational rights. Correct. And you need to make sure that they those rights are being accessed. I mean, it's kind of a it's a murky, spider webby kind of ground. And if you don't have a good administrator, good office staff like kind of helping you through that, it can be yeah. really challenging. Well, and you here this goes back to like asking for help in H's we did the other, you know, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. You have to be the the person raising your hand and asking the question about like do we have permission to talk about this who's got all the information this is where multi-year conversations of educational support come in because hey third grade teacher as the fourth grade teacher this year who did you talk to how did the student act when he was pulled out for half a day of therapy and then he comes back for an hour because he goes somewhere else for aftercare. I mean, like, was he um, an emotional wreck last year after therapy? You know, like, there are things that you can, that can help you and help that student if you ask, right? You've got to be the one asking questions because, you know, your PE teacher isn't researching the entire school's worth of, of legal Paperwork. One on the other end of that is like, you need to be asking for help, but also offering help to other people that work with your kids. Yep. Because they don't, like you just said, the PE teacher doesn't know that that just happened. Yeah. And see, like in my school, Spanish, PE, all of our specials, they're part-time people. They're hourly paid. So they don't, I mean, a couple of them are not even like educators. They're art specialists, right? So we, you have to make sure that you are legally communicating appropriately mm-hmm. information to them too because that student has confidentiality. You can't just be like, oh, hey, by the way, did everybody know that so-and-so's right. mom is in jail? You can't do that. Right. So so it's important. So yeah. jail was our first part. Um, my next one I want to talk about is what some may call their least favorite month of the year because it's cold. Yeah. It's after the holidays. It's my birthday and you, month. And you have the blues because yeah. the holidays are over. But January. Mm-hmm. January in the school system can be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the primary grades. And I think everyone sees like the January boost, but especially in those primary grades. It's like those little babies went home in December and Santa brought them like three more months of education somehow that yeah. got jammed in there yeah. and they come back and they're ready to learn yeah. and they are just, um, I don't know. It's just this like spark that happens in January is a great month. Yeah. I see that in the intermediate level too, because it seems like the first semester you're like grinding in the routine. Mm. Here's what's expected. What are you doing? Why are you, Oh, you're done with that. Then what are you supposed to be doing? You know, and- like, January comes along and they come back from a break that's long enough for them to feel like, okay, I'm good. I'm ready yeah. to go. And let's be honest. December is a, is a wash. It's a cluster. Like it is a waste. Like I wish we, instead of having this like, oh, Christmas break starts on this day. Like it was just a surprise. Mm-hmm. And so kids never really knew and you didn't yeah. have that like build up. Yeah. Um, because December is horrible. But then January, I just really feel like kids come back 
and they're ready to like settle in and get to work again. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that holiday stuff is done mm-hmm. and they're um, good to go. Agreed. You know, and they're also wiped out from the two weeks off. So you kind of have like a week of a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like school starting again in, in August when they've been out playing and now you have to like control yourself and sit down and they get exhausted. It's mentally exhausting. So January also is a get back to conforming to what you're supposed to do. And so they're just mentally exhausted as well. (laughs) So we also have in here, I'm looking at our list and Mm -hmm. we wrote this a while ago. Yeah. We have junior second sibs and differences. What were you going for there? So here's the thing. Um, Think about, the firstborns and the first time you have a family member and then you're like oh man he was so great oh look his little siblings coming up holy what did they eat while they were pregnant with this one you know what happened to this one now you know what i'm talking about right like sometimes it's like they must have adopted this one well, from I, somewhere else and I think another planet i have always felt bad for like those middle children right yeah. because I mean, come on, let's be honest, like, firstborns are often, like, it's, they... Brilliant. Not, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm a firstborn. I mean, not just that, but, like, they really want to please their parents. There's just more of that in them, I think. The parents have been able to do all of those first things with them. Well, and the parents are establishing the new rules with them. Yes, they're establishing rules. Uh The parents aren't completely exhausted because they have more than one kid. You know what I mean? Right. And then the second kid comes and I always feel bad for them because I'm guilty of it as a teacher. Like, oh, I had their older brother. He was awesome. And then you're just like, oh, man. Like, I Uh. wish it just sets up these preconceived notions or ideas. And I've had it go the other way, too, where the first one was super hard. It was like, oh, please, one, two, three, not it. I don't want that one. And then, like, you start out (laughs) extra hard on that second kid and it's not... You know, every kid's unique. Totally. Yeah. And this is the cool thing about our job, right? Like, you know, even think about your nieces and nephews. I think about my two kids. They're so different. Oh, of course. We know they're born from the same mom, but what on earth, how can people be so different? I know. Isn't it amazing? Like they have the same genetic chances, genetic material going on. And they're completely different, for sure. I mean, I think about me and my two brothers. I mean, I'm just amazing. I mean, here too, (laughs) right? (laughs) Oh, my siblings are amazing, too. Uh Mine, too. Um, So let's talk about journals. Sure. I am totally a um, spiral journal uh, fanatic because I hate binders. If oh, I am I a teacher and I'm going to have to go through and look at somebody's papers, I don't want to carry a four-inch binder. No. I hate how binders, you have to, like, turn some the opposite direction so that they'll stack nicely. Well, and what about when, like, one of the little dumb rings gets off a little bit and right? then all the papers fall out? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the, I, I call them writer's notebooks. We use spelling. Spelling is in it. We use it for like journaling. If I'm going to take social, give them social studies notes or they're researching Mm -hmm. something, it's in their writer's notebook. And we go through about six of them a year. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I prefer composition books. They're a little smaller. They're a little smaller. And I feel like um, you can't rip things out as easily, you know, so stuff is more likely to stay in there. When I did Gen Ed, I definitely used them. Um, Now in my 
bedroll, we often, journals are a whole different meaning. A lot of teachers use them as a go home journal. Mm -hmm. So there'll be one composition book that goes home with the kids every night and then comes back and the parents and teachers communicate through Mm it. Um, I will be honest. I have never been able to get that to work for myself because by the end of the day, like (laughs) I teach, you know, like bell the bell. Yeah. And, um, I never have time, especially when you have like 11 that are supposed to get this home note. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I don't do it, but I know some people have been really successful. Well, I know that my kids, when they were like in kindergarten and first grade, they always had these journals that came home and I would sit, you know, after the kids went to bed and I would respond back. And it's like, I could never do that for 20 kids. No. And I, and that's what I have just become to realize for myself. Yeah. But it is hard when like the previous teacher did it and then the parents expect it. You know, and so I usually try and oh. then it, it's dead within like yeah. two weeks. Yeah. I just, can't, yeah. I email parents, but, um, that's what journaling is in my world. Yeah. And see, I use composition books for my math journals Nice, because my fourth graders don't have a journal, uh, like a textbook journal. Stupid. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I've had to just make this work yeah. this year. We have like an old textbook and You know, there's certain, there's even sixth graders in my previous life, sixth graders transcribe numbers. You know, close point copying is not an accurate thing with their little brains. But remember, that's how we learned, though. Right. But But we learned that. But they don't anymore. Yeah. It's a skill. Yeah. It's something you, you don't go from third grade where there's a journal to fourth grade where you're close point copying your problems and everything. And it's like. Oh, it's so true. Like I'm using a reading program right now where their story and the questions are all in one book together, which is Mm -hmm. great. But um, my students have never had to like respond off of the board before, you know? So like we're, I'm doing all the lessons and I put most of the answers because they're working on that skill, but it's a skill they need. Like you have to teach that. They don't know how to like, oh, we're doing number three. Oh, I got to write that. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's its own lesson. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've been using composition books and I love it. I have all my math turned sideways. So the lines to are line going vertically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's been so amazing. Well, and I've sh- never had fourth graders doing long division so accurately. Nice. And I'm sure you're teaching them too how to like label their page oh, yeah. and all of that. I mean, Put they're the going to heading on. They're going to be set for middle school. Dude, they're going to be set for. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to pat my, I don't pat my Here, own back. I'll pat your Thank back you. too. There you go. Um, I did my end of the year assessment. You know, you do your three times a year assessment. Yep. My kids have shown such incredible growth. Awesome. In every area, in math, in, we do this thing called the maze. So it's mm-hmm. like this passage with some missing of the words, words. missing yep. and they have to choose the right word. I, I'm... I'm just baffled by it. I actually called some kids back up and did one additional one minute reads because I just can't believe how much growth they've had. That's awesome. You're yeah. like, well, maybe you cheated on that last well, one. Well, <laughs> it's like maybe I just didn't listen to what you were saying. Come maybe I didn't set the timer right. I mean, it's so crazy. The growth has been it's beyond what I could have ever That's imagined. Great. So I'm I'm loving fourth grade. Maybe I found my calling. <laughs> Um, the next one, we have justifications in here, and I think that was mine. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot 
just for people going into education, like you need to be able to justify everything that all your decisions, everything you're doing, you can't just, I want to do this today, change things because it's something that you are thinking of. And I think the day I wrote this was when, um, (laughs) I have been asked by a family to do something that I don't believe is what's probably in the best interest. Yeah. But um, I need to be able to justify that, you yeah. know, because it's parents are part of a team and they don't get to just make a say, but I also don't just get to, to make the say, right? Yeah. Or say whatever. And um, so I have to be able to justify it through data. And so just knowing that there's a lot of, um, you know, you need to be able to back up what you're saying with data and proof yeah. and justify it. Well, and along that same lines, I think back to any conversation you have with a colleague, someone, you know, like we alternate which room our staff meetings are in so that you can sit, you know, I can sit there and be like, wow, I wonder why she puts those that way. It would make no sense to me. Yeah. We have those conversations and mm-hmm. it's like, why do you, what is that right there? And they'll explain it and it's like, oh, but I miss the days of having those kinds of conversations. I was a demonstration classroom teacher and people used to come in and sit and watch the whole morning. And then at lunch we would have a conversation and they would ask me about how did, how, why did you do roll call that way? And it's like, I had to justify why Mm -hmm. I felt like this was the best choice. And I love that because you can get in a rut. For sure. Just do stuff the same because that's what I did the last five years. Doesn't make it right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really important to grow as a teacher. You have to be able to know why you're doing something and also come to the realization that maybe something isn't working the best or maybe isn't the best way to do it. Right. But you're right. We don't get that opportunity anymore because we're all in our own bubbles. Well, and that's what I love about my parent meetings. I Some people hate parent conferences. I love them because... First of all, it gives you insight to the child because, oh, oh, he's just like his dad. No wonder why the mom just deals with it, right? Yeah. Or, but you have a conversation and they're like, well, why why does he need to do this? And it's like, here's why. Mm-hmm. You can justify why you're making an educational decision for their child. And these people, they, they recognize that it's the right thing to do. They'll buy into it. And then your life is 10 times easier, right? I mean justification. You've got to know why, even when you're being observed by an administrator. Yep. And in the world of SPED, um, there are justification statements that have to be written for when you're looking at what placement a child goes in. So I can't just say, oh, Johnny needs to go to a life skills classroom. Like there needs to be data and you have to be able to justify that reason um, yeah. You know, and say why it is necessary. I had my kids, I printed off, I was so proud of them. I ha- I printed off their reports mm-hmm. yesterday and I had them, I had them write down data driven instruction. And I was like, what do you think that means? And they're like, uh, so they had some really good insights. But then I said, I use this to change how I'm going to teach you if you're missing something, if you're needing, you know, more independent reading we need to talk about how we can work on those skills or if you obviously have something we don't need to be right doing it again yeah um so let's look we have a couple more minutes uh what about jargon (laughs) we had and and we can say this because we have a previous podcast was it alphabet soup or something it was alphabet soup and it was just all letters Right? Acronyms oh, yeah. for things. I-E-P-L-R-E. 
Yeah, yeah RTI, MTSS. There's like so we could many. go on forever. And actually, after we posted it, it was like, dang, we forgot this one and yep. this one and this one. But that's what I like about this is we can refer to some of the other ones. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is just in time learning. Okay. Do you recognize that by phrase or not? Um, I mean, I can figure it out, but I mean, uh, tell us what so you're So it's ac- it's an actual thing, and I believe that it's just come about since like 2020. Okay. Um, it's like the talk now online in educational groups because you have like when your child is a baby and they go to the pediatrician oh look he, it's two months mm-hmm. he can roll over to his back or whatever there's there's stepping stones of development de- yeah, there's development, milestones yeah, right that you have to make mm-hmm. well just in time learning is you're at the end of fourth grade do you have this skill it's the standards based verbiage for have they made the growth okay. that they need to make? So again, everybody, we, we've we had these before. We've had, you know, grade level expectations, but you don't hear GLEs anymore. No, you hardly hear standards anymore, too. Well, I mean, unless you're a standards-based school. Yeah, but right? I mean, it but, just isn't, you yeah. know, there were years, I mean, we at one point had to put every standard we were well, meeting and I dude, mean, at one point I had all of my sixth grade standards mm-hmm. on a laminated thing. And when we would address it, I would highlight it throughout the whole year. And then on the last day, my kids, they owned them. Like if you, if I've highlighted, you know, mixed fractions and you can't figure out how to fix this, then you've got to work at home. And on the last day of school, I took that laminated thing and I put it on the door, like right at the door. And when we walked to recognition, they walked over those standards. You had to master them. And it was, it gives me the chills. That was kind of a weird thing to do. But that, <laughs> but honestly, back then, right? they had to own those skills. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was the push at that time. Totally. That was what you had to do. They had to be posted. You had to be able to show, justify to your principal that yeah. your kids had met them. Well, and, yeah. and if kids couldn't do it, the parents, oftentimes there were lawsuits like investigations. Yep. When did my child, when did you teach that? Because you didn't teach it. And it's like, um, October 12th, right here. It's right here. Right. You know? Um, so yeah, just in time learning is really talking about, are they making the growth or the process that they need to, that they need to be making. So just a new term, just a new term, old, same old thing. It's kind of like leave no child behind. We never left anybody behind, but we learned that everybody learns a different times right um so next week is going to be k and i'm excited we've got some good things in k i haven't even looked (laughs) right now i'm looking forward to jc's birthday yes (laughs) that's That's a j it's a j J um Uh, you know what i'm looking forward to what coffee and shopping with my friends i am looking forward to that we should get on that hey yo it's time to go bye everyone bye guys